Hey everybody! Welcome to the Thor. Uh, well, nope. Let me restart. <laughs> hey everybody! Welcome to On the Road with Thor Hammer. This is episode number eleven. Can you motherfuckers believe it? We're already to episode eleven. What's this wee shit? Boom! Uh, <laughs> you're well, up to I'm, episode eleven. <laughs> I'm about to introduce everyone that is here with me, including. You, Mr. <laughs> Tim Pickerel, our great podcast overlord. Hello. Is that the overlord voice? <laughs> Shit, it's still going. I'm also joined by <laughs> two uh, newbies to the podcast. We got fellow ginger, Mike Daffron. Hello. Uh, also known as Mrs. Doubtfire, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh... My other friend, longtime friend, Mr. Sam Richardson. That's right, and I think everybody should know that I brought in a humongous cake to celebrate the fact that this is the 11th episode of the Thorhammer podcast. It's actually, it's about the size of the table, and I had them uh, use the frosting to draw an enormous penis that's coming out of it. We have candles, 11 of them set up at each end of it. And then on the ball sack is actually like a uh, like one of those plastic rings that the little kids wear of Mike Daffron's face. Mm, same There's two of balls, them. Though. There's two of them. There's one for each testicle. It's strangely the icing is all over my face, so. second chest. It's uh, strangely similar to sure. the uh, whittled butt plugs yeah, that were previously have... spoken of. <laughs> why don't you carve me off a piece of those balls? <laughs> Wait, See, I get the head. <laughs> I get the head. Uh, we're going to start the show off with some show plugs. You guys ready for that? Uh, Saturday, November 28th, the weekend after Thanksgiving, we will be in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, We are playing a show with St. Louis Natives Cross Examination, uh, Smash Potato, and Texas Toast Chainsaw Massacre. Mm, Texas Toast. Uh, You can look up the event page on Facebook, and it will have all the location information, which I do not have on on hand. Thursday, December 3rd, we'll be playing here in town in St. Louis at FUBAR. Uh, that is on Locust Street, downtown there. Uh, we are uh, opening for Havoc, who is the touring band of the show, and Blackfast, who are a recently signed band from St. Louis. Oh. Major fucking ragers, those guys. Major uh, ragers. We are also playing the next night in Lawrence, Kansas. At the Jackpot Music Hall. Wait, what, what date is that? Uh, Friday, December 4th. Oh, the next night, I'm wrestling for Metro Pro out in Lawrence, Kansas. So no you should shit. Stay. You should stay out there tonight and come uh, out to the Metro show. Well, if we have a place to stay, that is uh, certainly a possibility. Uh, yeah, the, we got on a show with both of those bands, and they're, they're on a major tour, but we get to fucking do a couple of spot shows there. So... Uh, those are the next three shows lined up. We hope to see you guys out there. So you have a show after Thanksgiving. With the weekend the, after Thanksgiving. Weekend after Thanksgiving with a band called Texas Toast. Chainsaw, Chainsaw Massacre, Massacre. And Mashed Taters. And Smash Potatoes. Smash Potatoes, sorry. Yeah. So are there any other food related? Like, is this their like, actual band names or are they just changing their band names in honor of Thanksgiving? Like, you do know, you have Tofurky the Wet Sprocket playing for you as well? Guys, Chicagoans are pretty yeah, weird. You guys, you should change your name that show to Dry Turkeys. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a wrestling themed show and all the flyers have been wrestling sort of related. And we're on team, uh, we're on team Toast. 
Cross exam is on Team Rain. Oh, I'm, I'm totally hashtag Team Toast then. Oh, absolutely. Uh, everyone get that trending, and hopefully we can boost those fucking attendance numbers. Yeah, toast! <laughs> I prefer my toast powdered. <laughs> like, I love powdered toast. Powdered toast! It's low. <laughs> everybody I'm, loves I'm going to assume, like, did everybody watch Red and Stimpy whenever they were younger? Is oh, everybody here old enough to remember that? I love powdered toast, man. My favorite one is he fucking took vitamin F. So, like, this dude would take vitamin F so he could fart to fly. And then on one episode, he takes these little kids and they're on his back. And he's like, I'm filled with vitamin F. <laughs> and he farts and he flies out the window and the kids are on his back. And he goes, are you kids clinging tenaciously to my buttocks? And from that point on... Powdered toast became my favorite form of toast. I, uh, I actually watched Rennes TV with my uncle when I was probably like seven or eight. And he was, I remember him dying laughing while we were watching a Rapunzel themed <laughs> Rennes Stimpy. Oh, that was the best. And, and Stimpy was Rapunzel. And <laughs> Ren was climbing up, up his up nose, nose hairs. hairs. Yep. And <laughs> I re- distinctly remember my uncle being like, This is the funniest show I've ever seen. It was. I let Madeline watch it a few years back. She fucking loved it. Like, she, like, missed her horse and all that. But I, I used to let her watch Ren and Stimpy until one day her mom goes, um, I don't think that you should let Madeline watch Ren and Stimpy anymore. And I was like, why? And she goes, she's in here asking her sister if she wants to buy some rubber nipples. <laughs> so it'll keep her knees warm. <laughs> like, that show is the fucking best. He did wear those on his knees, didn't he? Yeah, they tried selling them one episode. It's my fucking favorite episode. Ren and Stimpy decide they're going to sell rubber nipples like door-to-door salesmen. And uh, they go to this dude's house. And like, all, he's like Nanny from the Muppet Babies. You can only see him from the knees up. Yeah. And he's like, hmm, well, my knees do get awfully toasty. <laughs> <laughs> so they stick the nipples on there. And my favorite part, they're driving. And Stimpy's like had enough. Like Stimpy wants to actually sell so bad. He wants to be the wrong to ring the doorbell. And he's like, Ren, 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 can I please do the next one? And Ren's like, eh, whatever, stupid. And he goes, Joey! (laughs) And he deflates. He deflates like a fucking balloon because he's so happy. And he deflates around the car and then he lands back in the driver's seat. And I'm like, that's the best thing I've ever seen. Right. (laughs) Uh, All that animation was pretty trippy looking. I always thought it was completely unique to animated shows when I was a kid too. It was, it was I mean, you just notice it's it's worlds different than anything else that's on. Beavis and it was the same way. It's just completely low grade. Not Ren and Stimpy wasn't, but Beavis and Butthead dude, definitely it's because was because it was like the mid '90s. So sure. the mid '90s with grunge and alternative, like that was the thing the kids were into was like yeah. stuff being done half assed. Yeah. Was like slack or like, oh man, I ain't fucking trying. Just throwing a flannel shirt, right. listening to Stone Temple Pilots. So like, their animation was shitty. Like it wasn't yeah. like shitty drawings, dude. That's like cool. Like that's like half assed cool. Uh, actually, I just thought of something. Since you're here, Sam, uh, you're going to be wrestling at uh, St. Louis Anarchy next weekend, right? Uh, both days, I'm wrestling. I was going to say April 13th and 14th, November 13th and 14th. I'm wrestling for St. Louis Anarchy and all, where nice myself, where Adam Castor and Evangelistico will be defending our tag team championships. We're defending our championships on November the 13th because we are the cause. We make the rules that all you bitches better follow, or else we're going to be slamming the book down on your head. And then uh, 
November 14th, the next night, <laughs> he, he, he moves wrestling. out of that voice into <laughs> another promoter voice. Because I'm schizophrenic. Yeah. That's why, like, my family wants me to go get fucking psych help right now. And I'm like, I don't, I know. Like, I fucking know. I'm bipolar. I'm schizophrenic. I have Tourette's. It's cool. Like, yeah. I learn how to deal with it. If I take meds, I won't be able to do this stuff. So the 14th. So the 14th, um, I don't think we have a match, but we're in the big 30-man over-the-top Royal Rumble, which, by the way, I don't, do wrestling fans listen to your show? Yes. Actually, Kyle announces for Anarchy sometimes. Oh, I didn't know that. Anyway, uh, there's rumors that there's a lot of wrestlers from the past of different companies around St. Louis, like LWA, possibly WCWF. Um, and GCW, like some names that haven't been seen in a while. Wait a second, fucking WCWF guys? Well, me. Uh, <laughs> I thought you were. I thought you were saying. Hey, I thought you said Tony Magnum three fifty seven was going to die for that. I would fucking yes. I would kill. I would kill a human being and possibly another one to have Tony Magnum come back to wrestling, <laughs> even if it was just for the Rumble appearance. Um, maybe Doctor Love will come in to drop the DLD on somebody. Yeah. If you want to see some video, of, or you uh, should just show up as Stone LeBannon. Stone LeBannon should make an appearance in yeah. that. But I, there's some rumors that there's some names from the past that were pretty awesome that haven't been seen in a very long time Fuck. that might be there. So if Saturday. it come out Friday night, Evangelistico and I are defending the tag team championships, and on Saturday night we're in the yeah. Rumble. And this podcast goes be up there. a couple of days before that, so you have time to plan and get your ass to that venue. Nights Col- at Columbus, Alton, Illinois. Uh, I believe tickets are ten to fifteen dollars, depending on where you want to sit. Uh, Which is cheap. It's like, cheap as yeah. fuck. What else are you gonna do that night? You can't even go to a come fucking hang, movie theater. Come hang out with me, your favorite right. drummer ever, for ten bucks. <laughs> and it's not like you have to sit front row. You don't have to pay fifteen because yeah, no, sit in the back. The with last me. row and front row are literally ten feet away from each other. Exactly. Sorry, guys, in anarchy. I didn't mean to like undersell. <laughs> like, I didn't mean to like undersell. <laughs> but listen. Ten fucking dollars. You can't go to a movie and spend just ten dollars. You can't right. go anywhere and get the type of entertainment that you're going to get that night at that show for ten fucking dollars. Plus, you get to sit next to Chris Nays, who has the wildest mustache that you'll ever see right now. You're I'm looking right. over there. He's got a mustache. He's got his long hair pulled yeah. back in a ponytail. He's got a microphone. This dude walked right out of KC95. All you need is your Ooh. sweet meat shirt on. <laughs> that reminds me, the day that we're recording this is KC95s. Birthday! Happy birthday! Oh, happy birthday, Casey! I used to love we you for your mandatory Metallica and your five. When, when was the Led Zeppelin? Was five o'clock or four o'clock? Uh, the they, daily dose they of still LZ. Daily dose of LZ. They do in the afternoon drive still. Oh my god! They used to be my favorite stuff before smartphones and podcasts. It's just after midnight, and that means it's time, time, time yes. for the rock calendar. That's right, with Pink Floyd time playing in the background. Oh, yep. and I love those, Casey. that sweet Octobon solo at the beginning. You guys still know do what I'm that? talking about? <laughs> Nope. <laughs> I knew was, no one would get that. She was the All best. the drummers out there know exactly what the fuck I'm talking so about. So, Mike, is there any truth to the rumor that you've blown every member of Thorhammer backstage <laughs> before their shows? Don't try to take over because my Because I'm, I'm trying to get in the band playing the tambourine, but I'm only going to do it if that rumor's I true. I told you you're in. Oh. I only gave Ian a hand job, an old fashioned. Which Ian? Mm. <laughs> well, he's got, makes a big he's got two hands, one for each. It makes a big difference. Like two yeah. ends at the same they, were, time. they were two ends of a table, and he was on the long Depends end. Which hand you use? He's got two both ends. hands working underneath. And you, mm. the ginger, uh, two smooth shafts in my hand. Do you cup the balls and play with the butthole whenever you're doing it? Depends it. on how nice you are to me. 
Because do you I'm going to be a, straight I mean, up I'm going to be straight up with you. I've only got it's four jobs from My females. Arms tired, then yeah. If you I, guys want to get some Thor Hammer butt plugs in the mix, I can make that happen. Yeah, I'm uh, I've already got mine in. I'm wearing mine right now. I actually brought it in. <laughs> Did That's Tim whittle I, it? I couldn't sit all the way down onto my chair. So. I believe Tim whittled that for yeah, you. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to... We're, we're making artisan hand-whittled Thor Hammer He actually plugs. has a lathe outside of his house that he mm-hmm. made this thing on. It's it's made out of wood, and he didn't like cover it in anything, so I'm getting splinters, but that's part of the effect. Some people right. like ribbed. I like splinters. Uh, we mentioned a couple of old-school wrestlers, and uh, if you want to see any videos of those cool guys like fucking Tony Magnon, uh, look up Show Me Entertainment, correct? Yeah, Show it? Me Entertainment. Tony yeah. Magnon is worth On, it's it. The, Tony uh, Magnon is worth it. If you subscribe to it and you go back and watch YouTube all those videos, channel. it's worth it just to see that Irish marble statue, Tony Magnon, <laughs> and nothing but his Speedo and his wrestling shoes. I don't yeah, that, that alone is worth watching those old videos. My favorite thing about Tony was when, he would, when he would hawk up and no-sell. Like, nobody in wrestling history has ever no-sold like that, where he just like stood up and put his hands on his hips yeah, like, like Superman. Superman. And then no matter what you threw at him, like he wouldn't even blink. Like he didn't sell at all. Like he wouldn't even breathe. Yeah. <laughs> and then then he would chop you in the neck with something. The first yeah. the first WCW I went to, he used the pineapple to. Uh, the, be, the best thing about this guy was like he had, milk. he had zero yeah. athletic ability. Tony had no athleticism. He was like the least Skinny flexible person, least flexible person, yeah. and he would wear like nothing, and he had like no physique. He was just small, but like. He no athleticism. Like he couldn't flip, he couldn't bump, but he would do crazy shit like a four fifty off the top rope. Yeah. <laughs> he would do a four fifty, which is like you jump up and do a somersault twice and then land on the person. And like he would take like he would get flipped over the top rope and shit. Like no athleticism, but he would do crazy shit and not blink. And like, they, would, the and they would look good. He would have this blank stare the whole fucking time and it made it hilarious because he was an Irish marble statue. <laughs> <laughs> With a bag of potato chips. Hundred and seventy five pounds of solid rock. Let's Let's, I don't, let's I rain don't, it in a little bit. I don't need a gun. Let's I've rain, rain in blood. <laughs> let's rain in blood. This is a heavy metal podcast. It is. Rain in blood. Uh, I got the horns up. Guys, yeah. I played a show last Barrel night, and one. I want to I talk about the show that I played last night. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry, Chris. This is your show. Yeah. I'm taking control right now. Uh, played a basement show off of uh, Hampton. I was on. So uh, it, it was fun. Yeah, yeah well attended. Uh I believe I heard from Kyle this morning. He said it was the highest attendance they've ever had at that basement. <laughs> so, so you take what's awesome is that we played the biggest show that we've ever played last month. Uh, no, actually, not now. It's two months ago on nine eleven. We played with Guar. Okay, never forget. fucking legends. All right, uh, a little cheesy, but still great. Okay. Pretty entertaining. Yeah, the, and Mike was there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's more, it's it was definitely the biggest show I've ever played. It was insane, and you got to stay humble because where do we go after that show? Down to the basement. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we had a couple bands come in from base. out of town that we have played on shows with before in uh, Kansas City and Des Moines. Uh, these two bands are both from Kansas City area. They are Hellevate. And Van Late. And you can find both of those on uh, on the internet pretty easily. You just fucking Google it. I don't have the exact uh, web address. They're on Facebook as well. So, And they got free music up, so you can check that shit out. Van Late just put out an EP that's about five or six songs long. And uh, both of those bands are great. But I got some gripes. Okay? And we're going to go down just a couple of them. Uh, 
Van Lade used a fog machine. Okay? There was very little lighting down in the basement anyway. There is no need for a fog machine. The only reason you need a fog machine is so that lights that stream through the fog, you can see them, and it kind of looks cool. Are all the band members, like, ugly as fuck? Maybe they didn't want anybody to see them. They were like, dude, we're so so fucking ugly, and I've got so much acne. Just fucking, just fill the basement with fog, and, like, maybe people will breathe it in and think they're hallucinating that we're this ugly. They'll think we're guar. I I actually don't think I need to answer that question. I think you know that the guys in heavy metal bands are not good looking. (laughs) Um... Bullshit! Back in the eighties, they were hot because there was a band called Motley Crue that sang a song called "Kickstart My Heart." They and looked like girls. <laughs> I don't. I don't okay, that wasn't real. I think but. chicks were into dudes who looked like girls in the eighties, but they are not now. Chicks are into eighty dudes. Chicks are into eighty dudes that seem popular. Uh, it's like if they seem popular, have social status or money, that's what chicks are into. Well, so, we are not heavy metal bands. Heavy metal bands are not cool right now. No. So Slap that's, that's why. But, but hey, if you guys rebranded, if you all cut your hair, slicked it back, and stop playing instruments, just go out there and sing and call yourself like fucking guys, uh, Hammer Direction Sam, or something. You can we haven't boy gotten band. to the Metallica segment yet. Oh, that's, that's for later. That's low. <laughs> yeah, the cutting the hair and slicking it hey, back and all that shit comes there. Listen, I'm sorry, guys. Listen, they <laughs> hey, did I strike a chord? Listen, they sell out every, every seat yeah, and every arena every that they, they play. play. Everywhere they play. True words have never been spoken. Uh, to, when you get to the Metallica part, I have a story. Sure, and then you'll definitely get your <laughs> chance to do so. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we will play that soundbite. Uh, yeah, <laughs> way too much fog. Nobody in the fucking basement could breathe. Um, if it's well ventilated, maybe fog machine. But there wasn't even uh, there wasn't even enough lighting for fog machine to be make any sense whatsoever. As soon as that band got done, I was like, "Guys, cut the fog." <laughs> He's like, "But." You guys like the fog. Like, I don't cool, fucking man. like the fog. This entire room is full of smoke. Okay. Um, so, to other independent bands, please fucking no fog in a basement. It doesn't make sense. Or change your name to Fog Out Boy. Or, <laughs> or Fog Basement. Um, fog or, Out Boy. <laughs> I, have a, I have a gripe with your basement show is that there's no food based bands. There's no like. Mean Gene Green Bean Casserole <laughs> playing. Well, not every joke can be a home run. Your boy band, the Tater Thoughts, the Tater Thought boy band, dude. They're taking over One Direction spot. Um, we're gonna. This is this is my next gripe, and it is the biggest gripe of this episode. Why don't you just bitch some more? <laughs> this is directly related to me, though. Okay, I had these three assholes on my show and not let me talk. Bands who tour without drums or equipment. What? Why are you on tour without your drums? How can you play without a drummer? No, the, no. Oh, they, they had borrowed. a drummer. They had a drummer. He didn't have any drums. They just expect so they, like, to be able borrow? to use your equipment? I I acquiesce, and yes, because I'm a nice guy, I let him use oh, my kit. Geez. That's, Dude, that's, that's ridiculous. That, I don't that, that would like, be like a porn star. We're going to go do it. We're at a wrestling show, but we don't have a ring. Yeah, that would be I've like never a... seen the guy play drums before. I don't know how he... I don't know if he takes it easy. I don't know if he yeah, fucking beats the shit out of my kid. Yeah. So, I have to think about that kind of stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right, so, that would be like a porn star showing up to set, and he's like, look, guys, I yeah. know I'm the male. I'm not like... I know I'm not the star of the Stuck scene, cock. 
But I, be... I forgot to bring my dick today. Yeah. So like, uh, hey, Peter North, can I borrow yours? Yeah. Just for a second. That like, would be. It's like... okay. I'll abuse your cum shot and everything. Like, I won't beat up your pussy too hard. She'll be around for the next scene. But just, I really fucking need help, guys. Like, I couldn't fit the thing into the car. We could only fit so much equipment. So yeah. if I could just borrow your dick. And then Peter North's like, fuck, man. I like, guess I have to. I've got a monster cum shot. Yeah. But I don't know if I want to waste it all on this guy. Just do, okay, I'll let you borrow it for just one show but never again. but realistically that would be like me coming to your job and being like yeah I can work out but you're gonna have to loan me your boots and your knee pads and your gym shorts and your, and your shirt and your towel <laughs> and, your, and your water bottle and your protein bar and it's like and it goes cock. on forever <laughs> and your cock uh, that would be like me going to Tim's job and be like hey uh, we got you know work to do on the website but I'm gonna have to use your computer all day not mine right right They'd be like me going to... <laughs> well, right, and plus, you don't... I, I could get it if it was, like, some dude you've been on tour with, and you're like, okay, you know what, he fucked up once, but he's really professional, but, like, you yeah. don't know... Maybe this guy plays drums with the stick straight down. Like, yeah, yeah, stabbing him. Maybe it's stabbing him. It's fucking it's animal from the Muppet Babies. You're like, oh, fuck, you now, gotta eat the symbols. I don't know. I had just put... I, and I, this is Norman a drum lesson. This is a kicker. I had just put new drum heads on my drums, too, so, like, I wanted to break them in right. myself. Yeah. Brand spanking new, mm-hmm. the tone's all there. We'll charge you know I, mean? I spent time dialing in the time, the tone and everything, you, and that is not an easy task, by the way. Takes a long time. Do you have a yeah. rental fee? For sure. You should have a rental fee. Like if somebody's going to do it, like, all right, <laughs> that's a great it's idea. It's going to cost you your pay. After this show, I have instituted a no loaning out my drum policy. Good. So that will be happening. Uh, that is the end of my gripes for this episode. <laughs> Let's hope this segment doesn't return. Uh, the crowd was very rowdy. We ended up playing, uh, we played Mike's favorite song. Yeah, Blood Eagle. You weren't there for it, though. Damn. <laughs> uh, you can hear Blood Eagle on... Bloodcock. Bloodcock. That's the best. On ThorHammer.Bandgame.com. We actually have a record uh, for Name Your Price right now. So oh, still? You, yeah. I thought it was just through the weekend. It's... Or through last Actually, weekend. it's indefinitely, so... hundred dollars. We, it's been out for a year, and it's been up for. I, we took it down from ten to five, and then five to name your price. So two bits. Go right now, throwhammer.bandcamp.com, and uh, download the chip for whatever price you want. Throw us a couple bucks if you don't want to. We don't care. Whatever. Uh, yeah, but we ended up playing priest as our closer, and shit got real. <laughs> <laughs> when when you play a set of songs that people don't necessarily know. They they're just into it because of what you're doing and your art. But then you play a fucking awesome heavy metal tune from the seventies about leather and bikers and gays. <laughs> and people go nuts. My buddy my buddy Kelsey, she started just whipping her beer around all over the basement, just without regard for anyone. Yeah, fucking amazing. Fucking in the basement and they're pitting in That's the basement. That's a waste of too. beer. It is a bit a waste of beer for sure. And, uh, oh, damn it, I forgot about this. Okay, there's one exit and one entrance into a basement, right? <laughs> Most of the time. Most of them. Uh, when you're dealing with drunk people and trying to load out your equipment after a show, and they're all in that entrance and exit, uh, drunk people apparently equals death. <laughs> and blind, because I'm trying to walk through, and every time I walk through... 
The shit Why do you gotta again. be in my way trying to bring your shit through here? I'm trying to I stand just here in the way and ass. drink. I just fucking entertained Can your you ass like- <laughs> better than anyone is going to for a very long time. Okay? And I will not take that statement back. <laughs> and I pointed at my uh, So yeah, that was, that was the show. It was a good one. Uh, we hope to see you guys at the next ones. I'm not going to go over those plugs again. Um, well, because I have Mr. Mike Daffron and Mr. Sam Richardson and Mr. Uh, <laughs> Podcast Overlord <laughs> Tim, whose yeah. eyes widen brightly when I bring that up. <laughs> it's like the power is bestowed upon him when I say that. Uh, I wanted to bring up my uh, experiences with LWA. And playing shows at your guys' wrestling gigs. Okay? So, these are some of the earliest LWA shows. And my partner in crime at the time, Keith Wilson, who was also Mr. BVC. Keith Wilson. Mr. Friday Night or Saturday Night or whenever you guys had those wrestling shows. Mm -hmm. Mr. Illinois. This can't be happening. (laughs) Mr. Illinois. (laughs) Uh... I think maybe when we played the shows, it was a little too much for people. I, th- I don't think that they went over that well when we played the shows. I don't think people understood why we were playing. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it was really established well enough. Um, you guys didn't have the big screens at the time for the videos. So, like, when you would set up when we were going to play, like, I think it what, uh, was it No Sleep for Islam? Yeah, we did no that Sleep one. For Islam. It was uh, No Sleep Till Brooklyn. But mm-hmm. you changed out the lyrics, okay? Yes. So when they're when we're performing this parody song, nobody really understands what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would agree with that. You know what I mean? We, like they couldn't really see the video either. A lot of times, like there would be one TV, and it would be like in the entryway behind the ring. Yep. So like people from both sides would be squinting to see what was happening on the on the TV screen. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I just don't think that it worked that well. But uh, what was the other? Didn't we do another song? We did another There's song. A, the No Fag song. Oh, <laughs> and that was another Beastie Boys one, right? Yeah, we did yeah. two different Beastie Boys songs. Well, so what was which one was it? Five for your right yeah. to be straight. Wow. <laughs> yeah, we. Were, Elder Boy is completely offensive. <laughs> Thank you, Jordan Taylor. Taylor. I just want. I just want to say. That was while I was gone from the show. Was it? Yeah, I was gone by then. Oh, you want to complete dissociate, dissociate no, a, yourself from it? I had a falling out. A falling out briefly with uh, with that whole thing. You want to get into that? Not really. Okay. <laughs> it's in the past now. I want to get right in it. Right yeah. Nice and deep like. Uh, <laughs> all right, so do you guys have anything you want to mention about that? Or you want to just move on to something else? I'll do. I'll do it. About the freaking hilarious. Offensive. I think it's funny. Well, uh, what I would like to say is, right now, if everybody went on YouTube and looked up "Show Me Entertainment," you can see most of the stuff. That, <laughs> yeah, this that, is a plug. Maze is talking about. <laughs> um, <laughs> and also, while, while you're there. If you go to www.redtube.com and look up Peter North, you'll see exactly what I was talking about earlier about having a stunt cock. Anyway. Um, Watch the movie Orgasmo. The guy had massive cum shots. Um, yeah, like back then the whole thing was just being as offensive as possible. Most of that was like Jordan would go, okay, what could I make fun of today or what group could I talk shit on? And 
I have no idea how it worked. We actually, one of the movies, uh, or the, the YouTube page that showed me entertainment, what happened was um, through Mike and Tim, I was given every bit of footage of anything that we have in existence to WCWF and LWA. Almost. And I still got to get you some stuff. You still have some more. Oh, well, you still have some of those highlight you. reels and stuff. I think I have some highlight reels too. But mm-hmm. as far as like actual like show footage and, and, and actual shows, like I, I've got yeah. everything. And it took me a while, but I finally started converting as much stuff as I could to digital and putting it on this YouTube page. Every WCWF show that we did for Backyard and underground is on there as far as lwa goes i'm not going to put up individual lwa shows because there were so many of them and at some point they stopped being like special and unique they started just becoming shows but in the beginning whenever it was you know like the crazy music acts and all the fun stuff um a lot of that really was it was just like you know jordan would either try to figure out a way that he could offend a certain group or we would just sit there and like go dude this would be so funny if we made fun of whatever topic was on the news and you know, did it in a way that people would laugh, but eventually look back on it and go, "Wait a second, that's not right." Yeah. And so, uh, a lot of the old movies that we used to do, I've got them on YouTube. And the one that I don't remember, like when we played it, I didn't remember it being this funny. And then I went back and watched. It. I'm like, dude, this was the best one we did. Was uh, a movie about a a food company, a food manufacturer called Brontonomy. And what Brontonomy was. Uh, it was a company that provided food uh, based products made out of poop and pee. <laughs> and, uh, so in the movie, I come home and I'm this dad, I'm the single dad, and like my daughter's needing food and I didn't grow grocery shopping. So I decide that once again, I'm going to go poop into a bowl. <laughs> and as I'm pooping in the bowl, Jordan comes to the curtain and tells me, No, don't. S- don't serve your family food straight from your own asshole. Try poop and pee Brontonomy brand products. And so the rest of the commercial is us like testing out these food products made of poop and pee. And like <laughs> that goes like beyond is offensive to blacks or homosexuals or lesbians or whatever. Like we didn't just offend like a group of people. Like we offended everybody with that one because we were literally like watching my like quote daughter eat poop. yeah like she's literally eating shit and right. then later on all these dudes are drinking piss out of a fucking uh urinate bottle or whatever it was like it was so ridiculous i feel like you say we're watching your quote-unquote daughter literally eating shit we need to preference <laughs> well actually there, there is a scene in there that contains actual. actual shit when they open up the container that said poop and pee jordan pooped into a plastic container and left it in oh his yeah room. that's definitely shit that was actually poop when she's <laughs> eating it that shit. isn't actually poop but like uh insane like offensive movie and you can see it now by going to show me entertainment on youtube and subscribing and you'll get to see all of these offensive films that Chris is talking about. Check we out just Roland didn't care. Jack. <laughs> yeah, like oh, those are yeah, bad. those are local St. Louis native Justin Poole. What? Yeah, he's uh, been in bands with Kyle. Uh, you can check him. He, he, he was in a band with me a long time ago too. Yeah. I guess there's been to that. The, the funny thing is, we put those up, and then uh, Keith and I were talking back and forth on Facebook, and uh, as I was putting up the Goo Cornet movies, he's like, "Dude, he goes, my my neighbor here in Germany is watching these, and he thinks they're the greatest thing ever." So yeah. I'm happy to know that there's like fucking Nazis out there yeah, that dude, even think like, "Oh, Nazis is cool." This is cool. Keith Wilson, uh, former guitarist of Abomination and singer of Trapped Under Ice. Uh, both projects that I was involved in. Uh, let's see here. Let's talk about the LWA commercial. Uh, Keith and I recorded in his bedroom uh, with... I, I wanted to ask you, Mike, what did we use to record that? 
I know. I thought I recorded on a mini disc player. Okay. And I hooked up to like a little mixer, yeah. and then we did. Was it in his room? I thought we did it in his basement. We well, did. Either way, we did it live in his basement, but right. that was his room. Yeah. Yeah. And then you just, I think you just had some drum mics or something, and we hooked those Maybe. up. I think that's what we did. I think, and then yeah. I hooked his, his guitar was direct. That goes back to a point that I brought up a bunch of different times on this show and even in a podcast with Tim. Like, you don't need a lot to get this done. Mm-hmm. Um, today, especially, with oh, yeah. can, how uh, technology's come along with home recording software, all you need is a couple mics, and it doesn't really matter. It'll come out sounding okay. You know? yeah. and I we mean, even that, there is a high difference in like quality oh, sure. and you yeah. know things you can do. And you like, can send it off to get it mixed, and it'll knowing, sound better. You know? Yeah. You know? But like, uh, that, if you had me record you guys, yeah. or you had Tim record you guys, there's going to be a big difference, sure. you know, because Tim knows what he's doing. You yeah. Know? Um, wow, I did not know that was recorded in the basement. I thought yeah. that was one of those studio things you guys did. At no, the no, no, no. We just did that at Keith's house, um, and that commercial is also on the uh, Show Me. It is on the Show, show Me Entertainment, Entertainment, and that actually showed on Charter Cable for a while. It was on Comedy Central and ESPN. First taste because it's awesome. Here's the thing about that commercial: like it, we did not understand marketing at all. We did not get advertising. We were just like, "This is going to be so cool that we made something and it's on TV." Mm-hmm. And here's the thing: those shows were done in Fairview Heights, Illinois. All right, which is like quite a distance from House Springs in Jefferson County, where we lived at the time. We it was so ego driven. We played them on Charter on ESPN and Comedy Central. That was smart of us, but we had it air in like fucking House Springs and Eureka and High Ridge. Yeah, our shows were like forty miles away. We, we weren't did doing it. we weren't doing shows in House Springs at that time. No, this no, was way no, before. No, you were just in Illinois. Yeah, we were just in really? Fairfax. We oh. did that so that our friends and shit yeah, would see it. Because these, yeah, it was totally <laughs> ego driven. It was totally ego driven. We were like, dude, well, no, they'll all drive out. These are the people we know. They're gonna know. Oh, us. The only reason that, that was it. That was the like the justification was well, the people that come out are all the people that know us from WWE know us. Like, but really, it was just so that people we knew would see it. Like looking back on, I'm like, dude, how much money did we waste? Not that we bought a bunch of spots, but like how much we wasted by doing that. Like mm-hmm. they should have been airing in, which later on we did. Later on we ran ads actually very often, but mm-hmm. they were where the shows were at. It was totally so people could see us. But the thing about that, like I was watching those commercials now, and I'm like, the commercial is a fucking funny idea. Like it, it's a, it's a good concept, but the way we executed it was like total crap. Like the production of it was horrible, and yeah. like the song, like. It was. It felt like rush. Like I was watching it now, and I'm mm-hmm. like, dude, you can barely uh, hear it. It's like, like yeah, you said, yeah. the, the quality of it would have made a big difference if Tim would have produced it and put it together. Like he would have been like, hey, you know, we should probably do this. Or it do was that. definitely slapped together. Yeah, very it quickly. sounds like noise watching it now. I'm like, at the time, I knew it because I knew those songs, but now I watch. And I it, I'm also, like, I being, uh, I guess, an artist or whatever, I'm very critical of how stuff sounds yeah. that I recorded that long ago. Uh, is, and in the studio with you, yeah. I for some reason I always play with my hi hats wide open, and that makes a lot of noise. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's overbearing sometimes. Now I play with them touching, but a little bit loose. So it's like a sound instead of a. You know what I mean? Like it's clearly. I've I've streamlined it so that it's not yeah. as overbearing on recordings and and that that's definitely something I noticed when I listened to too that it was just like yeah. it sounds like a lot of noise yeah even the guitarist is it's like no I know that song could sound better than that but it totally it doesn't cut through yeah it didn't fit the ad like I look at that now I go anybody that watched it if they even if they knew it could have been like yeah I don't know that's a little I put too many clips in there too you can't really see the clips like the music though like I'm going anybody that could have been a potential fan that didn't know us. 
the music to that, probably they were like, yeah, that's not my thing. I'm yep. not into that heavy metal stuff. Mm-hmm. The the Hessern and Heenern and shit though the, the Carnival Barker guy like yeah. it's like that was right on like <laughs> that that's was what cool. we were doing at that time. The funny thing about that, and I'm gonna put it up on the YouTube page eventually, so everybody go For there the and subscribe. Is is kind of a Uncle Sam sort of character. Yeah, he he's got a top hat with a like a like a patriotic design. He's got this humongous uh, mustache, and he looks like a carnival barker, and he has a fucking wand and everything. Um, I found some outtakes to that though on the like the actual footage, and I, I gotta put this up on the YouTube page. So go subscribe to it. Show me entertainment. And Absolutely. what it is when when we were trying to like get the voice to the character, like what should this guy sound like? Uh, like Jordan keeps trying to over like come see the greatest show in the Bi State area. Come see the greatest show in the Bi State. Like he could not find the character, and finally I was like, "Dude, just take a few minutes to just just become the character." And like it's so funny because you can see the camera catch him do this. Like he stops, and he's kind of looking around, and then all of a sudden he goes into a three minute promo where he just like starts talking about like. Uh, how he thinks that wrestling's real and it's not like this newfangled shit where you guys are doing flips. He's like, back in my day, we used to actually bear hug the guy and try to crush him to death. And when my partner, Sammy Steen, gets here, but he can't be here right now because he's floating down the Mississippi. So when we come for you, it's like he cuts this three-minute promo that is beautiful. And then after that, it was like, there's the voice of the character. Well, what I'm doing with the Adam Caster shit now, I'm doing these promos leading up to the show. So I told him, I was like, dude, I want to do some shit where I have like a trainer and a manager and like a, like an age like a Don King promoter like I start introducing these characters and one of them I want you to be Hester and Heenernan but you're my trainer so like he's that character with the mustache and shit but he's holding punching mitts for me and he's like come on Sammy Steve one stand for this shit come on make this real like, uh, well on that note let's let's move on to the uh, sharing a Metallica beer segment. Uh, Let's just give a little background again for people that don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, in Canada, they were closing an arena. Okay, I, I can't remember exactly where the city was, but Metallica played the very last show at that arena, and then played like the na- same weekend at whatever the new arena was that they were opening. Okay, so Budweiser get got in on this. And they said, we'll make you a Metallica-labeled beer. And they were kind of cool-looking. They were just like a black can with some fucking lightning bolts coming down, like the Ride of Lightning album cover, and just said Budweiser Metallica, and that's all you need, you know? Mm. So what I thought is on the On the Road with Thorhammer podcast, we got a segment where we share beer and share Metallica memory. So... <sighs> That was sort of a Michael Jackson thing. I just okay. did. Uh, so was a Keith and I were in that band together. Uh, Rusnik was in the band, and I talked about this on the you podcast. You guys were in Metallica. No, we were in uh, we were in Trapped Under Ice together. It was a Metallica cover band. band. It was fun. Metallica <laughs> tribute band. And Sam came to my house, my uh-huh. my parents' house, and sat next to me while I was playing drums. Like just a couple feet off to the side, and watched us go through our Metallica set. It was great. Uh, it was about forty minutes of just the best Metallica songs. It was awesome, especially when we did "For Whom the Bell Tolls." Yeah, for yes, sure. Yes, I remember that. That was a very long time ago. Yeah, for sure. You uh, weighed a little bit more, and you had more hair. Yes, uh, that's <laughs> that why was... I weighed more. I had so much hair. It wasn't because I was <laughs> fat as fuck. Those things are directly correlated to each other. <laughs> uh, like the more hair I have, the more body fat I have. Yeah. That's so, uh, Tim, I forgot to do the little... That's what I was trying to think of earlier, where there was a, <laughs> a silence. Uh, roll the intro. Right here. 
Ooh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or you could just do it, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that's my Metallica memory. Uh, you guys crack open your beers. <laughs> your Metallica beers. Uh, what's your uh, what's a memory of Metallica that you have from growing up? Because I know you're a fan, right? Yeah, actually, well, I didn't even start getting into like listening to, like any metal stuff or any really, I guess, rock and roll, even in general kind of. When I was like in elementary school, I used to listen to a lot of fucking rap music. Mm-hmm. Like my brothers used to kind of listen to it, mm-hmm. you know, and I have older brothers. And I used to listen to their stuff and kind of got into that way. But then I started hanging out with Frank and Scott, two friends of mine who lived in the neighborhood I grew up in. And they listened to Metallica. And that's when everything fucking changed about what I really listened to. Yeah. Like, I completely got into Metallica. I was like, this is fucking awesome. Like, why why am I not listening to this? It's like a whole why new am I listening to, to this rap stuff? Like, I still like that stuff somewhat, but now I don't really like it at all too much. Yeah. But, uh,. Yeah, completely open, whole new world. What was it about it that attracted you so much? Is it the aggression of it, or is it the... Uh... <laughs> I don't know, just uh, everything white. about it. More white. <laughs> I don't, it was just fun at the time, I guess. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the energy, you know, that For comes sure. with it. And, it's you know, very the, upbeat. Just the sound of the music itself, you know, yeah. just in general. So, um, what? Uh... I, was, I was in band, too. Uh, I used to play the trumpet. And, and this might sound weird, but I, I think like of metal music almost like a symphony in a way mm-hmm. with just only like, you know, four or five pieces. You can kind of sound like a symphony. There's so much there with the instruments that you have in like a metal band that you can yeah. make it sound like so much more. For sure. So I don't know. And just the way songs are set up a lot of times, you know. Well, when, um, especially when you're in the studio, you can build up a lot, and mm-hmm. there could be lot, tons of layers of stuff. You know, it's like you wouldn't be able to play that live unless you had more people. Mm-hmm. But a, a four or five piece, or even a three piece band, could certainly do whatever they want to do. Kind of like a, there's kind of like a symphony song too. Like mm-hmm. you know, has its different transitions, and different points and movements. You yeah. know, and so do like a lot of metal songs in a way. Like say, in your entrance music, uh, Master of Puppets. You know, like towards the end, like. Uh, there's a whole different segment to where yeah, it's the bridge different. part where it's uh it's it's just a different mode. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So I don't know. I, I kind of like it in that sense. So. What's your favorite Metallica record? Mm-hmm. Gun to your head. Well, I don't know. Uh, I like Justice, so yeah. I'd probably say maybe that's my favorite. Or I do really like the S and M album, but I know that's not really necessarily. Yeah, that's and now, you know, it's like a live, record. you yeah. know, so, but I, I love listening to that. But I would say probably Justice. Right on. Uh, Sam, I believe you said earlier you had a story to share about uh, in the Metallica I segment. I million Metallica stories. Um, a really fun one that I went to see live. I was with Tim and Mike. We went to see them back in 2008. It was right after the Death Magnetic yeah, album Death came Magnetic. out. That was a really fun one. Um, like I was Mike, also at that show. I, I grew up, I had my older brother. My brother is four years older than me, and my brother offhand is the reason that I've done everything that I do in life. Uh, he's the reason I got into art. He's the reason that I got into wrestling. He's the reason I got into a lot of the music that I've listened to 
And why I mean offhand is like I got into the wrestling because when we were little kids, he would be like, dude, let's play WCW and I'll be Lex Luger and you can be whoever you want. Or like he'd always be the bad guy. And to me, I was like, oh, this is great. And then he beat the fuck out of me. It was like his excuse yeah. to beat my ass. Like to, he's like, let's play boxing. I'll be Larry Holmes. You can be Mike Tyson. I'm like, I get to be Tyson. OK. And then boom, boom, he beat the fuck out of me. But that actually got me into that stuff. Um, and he was huge into uh, rap, NWA, and Metallica. So as a kid, I was exposed to Master and all that stuff at a very, very early age. I grew up running like, well, if my brother's listening to it, it's got to be cool. Um, I remember when uh, the Black Album first came out, and he went to see them at the concert. And I remember asking him, like, dude, what was it like? Was it so cool? And he's like, it was awesome. It was so badass. Like, three people got caught on fire and ten died. And oh, loved what? <laughs> he loved to lie to me. Like, my yeah. brother's been in and out of prison for the last, like, 20 years, and he fucked a mannequin. So, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but I was it's like, another dude, story for another day. He was always, like, the coolest guy. My dude was, like, my brother was a bad motherfucker. He was, like, the guy who was like, dude, Steve Taylor, he'll fuck you up. There's a, there's there's a legend or there's a myth that like my brother beat up seven dudes at one time by himself. Maybe he lied and made that up, but I've heard people actually confirm this, that my brother was a bad motherfucker. So like, he's always like the cool guy. So, uh, I, he was the one that was always listening to Metallica and shake her on up. And then eventually whenever I had more, I was more cognizant of things on my own. Like I always liked him. Master of Puppets is my theme song. Um, but as far as like Metallica moments, I've, I've got two. Um, my favorite concert, was back in 2000. Uh, it was like one of the last times that uh, Jason Newstead was still with the yep. band. It was, it was at the uh, Gateway, racetrack. Yes. And I went there. I was with uh, my good buddy, Mike Weiss, who now lives in Japan. And a couple of reasons that concert was awesome. Number one, it was just there was that's the most people I've ever seen in one place at that time. It was senior year of high school. I think it was actually like right around the end of the school year. Yeah. It was hot as fuck that day. Yeah, it was day. in uh, August, and, I think. And, and what was badass about it was it was outdoors. There was like 100 billion people there. And uh, the acts they had opening up, one of them was System of a Down before anybody knew who yep. System of a Down was. System, Kid Rock. Corn, uh, Power Man 5000, and like I thought there was another one. But anyway, like a lot of the bands I didn't even really know or had heard of at that point, and System of a Down was still really new. And when they came out, I was like, dude, this band is fucking awesome. Like, I really like them. Yep. And I had never really heard of them before. Um, the other thing about that show was I went with this girl I had a huge crush on at the time. Her name was Krista Iliff. And uh, I had done, oh, it was summer school. That's why it was at the end of school year because yeah. we so, I had to go to summer school to I was graduate. working at the fireworks stand at the time. That's why I know when it was, but. But uh, I had to go to summer school to graduate. And this girl, she was in, like, my drama class that year, and she wound up going to summer school, too. She was, like, a grade under me. And I found out that she was in a Metallica, and I was like, wait, 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 wait. You're fucking hot, and you like Metallica? And, like, well, I liked, I started with the Load and Reload albums, and then I got into this. And then she, I was like, what's your favorite record? Ride the Lightning. I was like, why are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> yeah. You're hot, and you don't ride the Lightning? Like, this is insane. But... Um, in high school, I still didn't really know how to talk to girls yet. I just had that segue of, oh, you like Metallica? And like somehow I got the courage to be like, oh, you're going to the concert? Do you want to go with us? And so her and her friend Sarah went with me and Mike Weiss, which like, you'd have to know Mike because Mike had a kind of an odd little personality whenever it came to, to girls. But um, I remember going there and like, it was so awesome because at one point, like, I was like, get up on my head. And, like, she sat on my shoulders, like, during the concert. And it was just, like, it was neat because it was Metallica at 2000 when they were still, like, they could fucking kill. Like, 
Jason was still with the band. Her vagina was sweating on your neck. It was all my dude. Boobs. The back of my <laughs> neck was soaked. It was soaked. I don't know because I couldn't look up. Uh, yeah. And plus, I was getting like a, I was like probably high. I was getting like a contact high from everything around me, and like I was like, "This is so awesome." I've got Krista on my shoulders and like Metallica, and this is fucking great. And there were so many people there, like. That it was right before James went to rehab, which yeah. and you know, like I hate to say it, but I think the rehab and stuff it kind of and they get older. I think they were still young enough too, like they fucking killed that night. So, like that was two thousand. So the dudes were already like in their late thirties at that point, and then they went through all the shit with James and rehab and Jason leaving the band, and then they did uh, fucking. I remember seeing them a couple years after that when Saint Anger came out, and it was like. I was like, dude, it was cool to see them, but they weren't that good. Yeah, it was and I saw the, them a few times. The I saw them a few times from that point on, and it was like it was neat because it was Metallica, but it was like they didn't sound that great. So my the story I was going to tell. So this past summer, right? Uh, I went to Chicago, and it was um, we. I don't remember what the reason was. We went out there, but. Uh, the Lollapalooza was in town in Chicago and Metallica was headlining. And I remember I was telling them, I was like, look, I don't know when the fuck they're coming back to St. Louis. This might be the only chance to see them live for a long time. So I was like, I want to fucking go. Well, um, my quote significant other, her, uh, her cousin who is a doctor and his partner, who's a doctor, they like, you know, they, they're cool about spending money on stuff that's very expensive. So they actually bought our stuff to get into Lollapalooza. Like, oh, we'll buy fantastic. it. Like, as long as you come up, you know, you just take care of the food and stuff, but we'll, we'll get you in there. I thought, I ain't passing this up. Now, I went there, again, going, well, they're fucking old. They're, like, 50 now. The dudes are all, like, grandpas or something. I'm not expecting it to be great, but I was like, it's still going to be cool because it's Metallica, and mm-hmm. I haven't seen them for a while. So... You know, I was like, hey, at least it'll be an experience. I'll get to hear Master live, and it'll be neat because they're on stage and it's Lollapalooza. But I wasn't really expecting it to be that great. And, uh, dude, they came out, and I swear I've never fucking heard them sound that good before. Yeah, by all accounts, that those shows, those spot shows they've been doing have been amazing. I was blown away. Like, James, and like... And Settler's Choice has been great, too. It was awesome. Like, they started... I mean, they opened up with Fire, and I was like, okay, Fire's cool. It's not, you know, like, super old, but it's That's still cool. That's a great set opener, though. But then, dude, then when they went in, like, Creeping Death and Master of Puppets and one, I mean, they killed it. But James, like, sounded good. And the neat thing was, like, he was animated. He didn't, like... Yeah. Like, he literally, like... You know how, like, you watch on YouTube or the videos, and you only see little shots of him? Like, I was watching him, like, at the points where, like, the camera was on somebody else. And he was, like, literally, like, fucking rocking. Like, he was getting into it and headbanging yeah. and shit. And it wasn't just for the cameras and i'm like dude this guy is acting like he's a fucking teenager again this is great like he sounded good lars like i've not heard lars sound that fucking good it was probably the best i've ever seen him like and i've seen them a shit ton of times and i'm like i was just like blown away that at that age they were still up there just killing it and like the cool thing was we pushed our way pretty close to the front of the stage yeah like we were right i saw your periscopes and uh you were definitely close. We were right, and it was insane. Especially for a show like that. There was more people at that Lollapalooza than there were at that Gateway one in 2000. Like, yeah. I remember looking back. And Chicago was, is way more populated, they, too. So and the that's, funny thing is, Paul McCartney uh, closed the night before, and they were like, no, there were more people there for Metallica than yeah. Paul McCartney. Like, it good. was fucking packed. And they sounded so fucking good. Like, I left there, like, I was like, man, I'm optimistic for another album. Like, they, how can They you- seem re-energized, and they have posted stuff recently saying that they're in the studio. And yeah. they were they were at a studio, so it was, it was worth it. I mean, they, I went there, 
You know, my expectations were like, whatever. It's Metallica, so at least that's neat. I don't think they're going to sound that. And they fucking When you go it. see an old band like that, you have to go in, just mm-hmm. go in and be like, you know what? I know this might just be okay, but they might exceed my expectations. And Metallica totally did for you, and that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to actually ask you, uh, who's your favorite band member of Metallica, past or present? Oh, James, easily. James? Yeah, man, James is the front man. He's got an interesting story. I think the dude's had an interesting life, but he, uh, I just think he's a cool front man. Like, to be able to play rhythm guitar like he does yeah. and sing and get so animated he's and extremely it. talented and enigmatic very much he's like uh, his personality I was watching yeah. uh, <laughs> like, he's, he's found ways to adapt when we go back to the wrestling stuff like that's what kills a lot of wrestlers is they never learn how to evolve their character mm-hmm. like they could have something that's really popular like uh, like the dudes that were around like in the Attitude Era where it's like a little bit of grunge and shit like that got over then but then to stay relevant to a younger audience they never adapted or changed they tried to keep the same character and it gets stale like James is fucking adapted like I don't, people can say all they want about oh they sold out they changed their music no fuck you guys this band has always been like hey let's just play what we want yeah it happened to be metal when they started then they want to do this but like they've been pretty honest like they've played shit they want to and that's kind of like how that guy's been he's evolved with the times where even at 50 he's up there and he's found a way to still be like uh charismatic and go and but still entertaining well it's it's like that if like if take it into any other type of entertainment media like a book or a movie like if you like what if every star wars movie was the same story, right? Over yeah, like and over if again. every yep. if every movie had a beginning and ending of a story, not no arcs, no nothing like right. that. If they're all self-contained. It yeah. just wouldn't be as entertaining. Or like if we even if we do take it to music, let's uh, let's take Godsmack for example. When Godsmack was new, mm-hmm. I loved Godsmack. I, like I thought their first two albums was great. Yeah, they've they come out good with more al- percussion. They have sure. more. They have more albums since then. But I feel like I've heard all their songs before. Yeah, mm-hmm. they they'd stay in the box. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Metallica's each each album, like from album to album, it's a different album, right? Yeah, right. and I think that um, I think that when the quality of their music dipped around, uh, what is it? Um, not Death Magnetic, the one right before that, Saint Anger. Saint Anger. When it that's obviously the low point. Okay, mm-hmm. for the most lo- people. For the, most people, the Lou Reed is the low point. Okay, well, there's <laughs> that too. I don't really, I don't really consider. I'm going to go with that, that that Jaw Rule thing that they did. Jaw Rule <laughs> that we I did. did. Uh, Everybody <laughs> forgot about that except us. I, <laughs> I wish we were. You guys would have never brought it up. Uh, <laughs> dude, that was a big joke um, in my basement for a long time when Sam yeah. and Jordan had come over. <laughs> like Sam's always, we did it again, and it's always flush it out. We flush it out, and we do it again. <laughs> I would, I was gonna say though that I think that them going through all their personal issues and shit like that, and James specifically, and Lars with his control issues and all that stuff you see in that documentary they did. If you ever took the time to yeah. watch it, yeah. uh, I think that that is reflected in the quality of their music. For sure. It, it, in that, there, it is a very low quality. <laughs> you know? Well, and it's, um, it's like this with, with anything, though, is when you become famous for one thing and you get really popular, like people are like, man, that motherfucker bakes great cakes. Those yeah. are the best fucking cakes I ever had. And then you go, you know, I, 
I like baking cakes. I didn't just become a fucking chef, though, to bake cakes. Like, yeah. I like to bake other things. And so right. you start baking other things. Then you start making spaghetti and stuff. And it's really fucking good spaghetti. But people are like, man, fuck you. No, we want your fucking cakes, dude. But my spaghetti's fucking great. Look, a shit ton of people I have eaten it. fucking love spaghetti. They Can like it. Okay, sir. It's like these Italian girls. But still, they like it. It's fucking good. It is good. But fuck you guys. I like fucking cake. You sold out. But eventually, let's say like 20 years later when you go, you know what? All right, I made spaghetti and I made hamburgers. I did all these things and I thought I made them well, but I really like to go back to bake cakes again. That's my fun thing. Then mm-hmm. when you go back to it, like then the peop- you get that reaction. Like Tim brought up the Star Wars films, and I know you're a huge Star Wars fan. Absolutely. Star Wars came out and it was like, oh, it's the, the episode four, five, and six were fucking awesome and they were revolutionary. They were ahead of their time. It was awesome. And then George Lucas was like, oh, let's go about 15, 20 years later. I'm going to make episodes one, two, and three. People were hyped. And then it came out. Dude, it was a different tone in everything from the first three. Like, all these, like, there was more. The first one's on. a kid's movie, so. Yeah, of. and it's like fans were like, whoa, 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 whoa. Dude, this isn't Star Wars. What the fuck? It's a love, mu- or love movie, and this, like, this is stupid. And it left a really bit. Not that, the, that doesn't mean they were horrible films. Like, if you took out the original episode four, five, and six and just had those three, like, it probably wouldn't be received as bad. But because the first three were so awesome and it was different in a different tone, people loved it. But that way, now, how many years are we from those prequels? Now that J.J. Abrams and Episode Seven's coming out, and it's back to that original tone of the first three Star Wars, mm-hmm. the fans are like, oh, dude, it's back. You know, it's back to their roots, and it's like you get this level of excitement that's even greater. Like, I kind of, maybe that's why with Metallica, when I saw them, I was like, holy shit, yeah. they sound like they used to. When people, when, when fans are super into something, a certain album, let's say, like, uh, uh, the Black Album. People fucking ate it up and they loved mm-hmm. it, right? Just like with movies. When people want a sequel, when people want the next thing, they want the same thing, but they want it a little bit different. Right. You know what I mean? Right. They don't want a lot of change. They want just enough change to where they're still in the same box but and everything's still great. Mm-hmm. But Metallica... Are a band that takes chances, and you got to fucking respect that. Definitely, I think they're they're our generation's Led Zeppelin. That's what I loved about Zeppelin. Not only were they all just fucking the best yeah, musicians. Yeah, three is a total acoustic album. They're fucking every song. You go from like like fucking hard rock to like some country song to yep. like this to something that sounds Boogie reggae. Doo-wop. Yeah, and it's yes. like it's so fucking awesome because they Love just played songs. what they wanted to. They were like, hey. Let's do this song. Metallica did that. Let's do a country song. Yeah. Let's do an alternative. Like that's that's awesome. Uh, well, let's go to Tim's Metallica memory. You got something in mind that you want to share with us over a uh, Metallica beer while you're sipping it through um, your beard, through my beard, <laughs> through, through your mustache. Uh, I guess go ahead and ask me the uh, ask me the big question. Well, and I will defend it. Let's okay. <laughs> let's give a little background. We have always liked, I think I can speak for Mike and uh, Sam as well, about whether or not the Black Album is the greatest Metallica album. Right? I believe that's the question that we're the, talking about. The question would be, which is, what's my favorite Metallica album? Sure. And, that's, and the answer is the Black Album. Right. And, I, and that's, knowing that, uh, we have had many spirited discussions we have. as to the quality or <laughs> the, the not so great quality. Mm-hmm. Um, talking to you about it, you have actually opened my mind a little more about it. Uh-huh. Uh, it is an album that I visit once in a while. Mm-hmm. It's one of those for me. 
where I, I, I it has its it has its place. You know what I mean? And I think it also has its place in Metallica history. Of course, it's the one they're most famous it's, for. It's going to like, what, 20 times platinum or sure. something like that? And it stayed on the charts for years, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, I guess just share your view, where you come from, as to what makes that album the best Metallica album for you. It was my first Metallica album. And it, like, it was also my first. It was it was probably the one that changed my... It, it completely changed everything about yeah. my life, including social status... Or not status, social... Socialization and what I wanted to pursue in life. Um, so when I was growing up, I was a big KC95 kid. Yep. And back then, KC95 didn't play a lot of like really heavy stuff. As heavy as it went was pretty much Black Sabbath. Mm-hmm. And I think that was just because Black Sabbath was old by then. Yeah. <laughs> so anything in metal, it's like, oh, it's garbage, it's just noise, kind of that kind of thing. I don't know why... Casey never really played Metallica. Yeah, I, I don't know why I had that in my head. I guess it was just because my parents didn't listen to it, and I basically listened to what my parents listened to. So I listened to a lot of Moody Blues, a lot of Yes, a lot of Jethro Tull, that kind of sticks. stuff. Sticks. A little bit of sticks. <laughs> Some <laughs> fucking prog. My parents aren't a huge... Uh, Your parents fans. are old school prog. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my dad, like, yes, is my dad's favorite band. Yeah. Moody Blues is probably my mom's. Moody Blues was my first concert. You know how I found, I understood that you that your parents had listened to like Jethro Tull and stuff mm-hmm. is when we were playing Rock Band and you nailed the vocals on that song. Oh, <laughs> you you just took it to a whole new level. I do rock along really well, <laughs> and it band. was fucking great. Okay, so go back Sitting here. Sitting on a park bench. Fine <laughs> <laughs> little girls with bad intent. Kyle, by the way, Kyle loves to play that on guitar. Awesome. So we jam that song. once in a while. Um, So. You could jam it with us. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> anyway, go back to the Metallica. My mom introduced me to Metallica because she had heard. I don't remember this. I don't remember which song it was. Mm hmm. But it was one of the ones that had just come off the Black Album. The Black Album had been out for a few months by then. And she saw it because she was watching MTV. She had MTV on in the kitchen. And Headbangers Ball came on. Do you know what the first hit was on? Enter Sandman. Was it Enter Sandman? Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't remember if that was the one because they had had some singles after that. Uh-huh. So she said, you should listen to this. It's pretty good. Yeah. So I listened to it. And I go to school the next... I guess I, I guess Headbangers Mall was usually on a Friday night, uh, either Friday or Saturday, something like that. So I go back to I go back to Catholic school the following Monday, and I'm telling my friends, it's like, was it St. Paul's? No, I went to a place called Holy Family. Oh, okay, down by uh, Tower Grove South, um, which local is, stuff. Yeah, it's no, yeah. <laughs> uh, so nobody's gonna know what that is. Exactly. And it doesn't exist anymore either. The, oh, parish, right. the parish closed down. Um, but yeah, I started talking like my friends about it, and my. Uh, one of my friends at the time's name was Matt Manley. He's like, oh, I got it. I got it on cassette tape. Mm-hmm. So we listened to it like during our lunch break. Yeah. And it was like, man, this is really good. And I took it. I, I, can I borrow that? And he's like, yeah, absolutely. sure. So I take it home. I made a copy. Yeah. Because. That's what you did. Yeah. You didn't have. We didn't yeah, have yeah. You mean you burned a cassette. We didn't have. <laughs> we didn't have Napster back then. We had to like play a tape, put in the blank tape in on the next side. No, of the we didn't. Like, it. what the fuck is Napster? Yeah. Kids now are like, what the fuck is that? Yeah, now they don't even remember giving your computer aids with LimeWire. It's like, what's, what are you talking about? You just want that shit. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, and I listened to that 
a bunch of times, and I like ended up making copies of my copy from mm-hmm. my other friends and things like that. And it uh, it changed the way, like the instrument I wanted to pursue. Because growing up as a kid, I always wanted to be a drummer. Like every time my mom would give me the, uh, I guess the Sears Christmas catalog or whatever it is, will make your Christmas list drums. Every fucking year, mm-hmm. I had a drum set on that, and I never got it because yeah. she drums knew were better. Loud. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because drums were Dad knew better. When the Black Album came out, it's like I need to learn how to play guitar. Yeah, I need. I definitely need to learn how to play guitar. I want to play these songs. So that's what I ended up doing. Is uh, that's when I started taking uh, guitar lessons. I started uh, playing around with my dad's acoustic guitar. It's mm-hmm. Why I still guitar is my main instrument, but since then. I play drums on rock band. <laughs> yeah, as, that's as close as I get. But, uh, but it's, a, it's, a, it's pretty close to the same thing. But uh, I mean, a lot body a lot movement of, wise. Yeah, a lot of my life and like, even my look. That's when I became like the long haired mm-hmm. band T shirt, torn up jeans. It's funny how that happens. Guy, isn't it? In, uh, in high it all school. goes together. Although I still had the, uh, I still wore flannel on yeah. top of it to uh, not to at least fit partially in with the nineties, right? <laughs> But the other thing with that was after I, I ended up going backwards. So Metallica was the latest uh, had been the latest album, and it was like the first CD I ever owned. Mm-hmm. And then I went like chronologically backwards buying albums. Yeah. So I think as far as sound of Metallica, I would agree that I think Injustice is my favorite in terms of. The actual songs and how they're composed. Yeah, but I really like the raw simplicity of the Black Album. Yeah. I really like the way it's produced. I think it, I think Bob Rock mm. is an amazing producer, sure. despite what everybody says that he did to the band. Well, look, that's what I was going to say. Is that what you opened my eyes to? Is that that album is very clean sounding. Mm-hmm. Is very crisp. You know what I mean? Yeah, everything. Everything he pops took, on that. He took Metallica and. Sort of uh, polished out the rough edges, mm-hmm. as it were, and that album wouldn't ever sound that great. It, like if they had made an album without Bob Rock, mm-hmm. it wouldn't sound as good as that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they wouldn't. It. I think they maybe would have hit a sort of roadblock as far as songwriting wise and stuff like that around that time. Sure. And that, that's just Metallica fantasy booking. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, and I think. I, and I do think when you say that you like Justice the most for the songs, mm-hmm. I think that that's a direct result of your parents' influence but of I, music. Yeah, but if I'm gonna if I'm gonna rock out to Metallica, it's gonna be Black Album. Yeah, just because it's. I mean, the drums alone on Black Album, Jesus. Yeah, I mean, just it's probably the best drum sound they've had. It is. It is for sure. But it's just boomy. And I fucking love Boomy. Mm-hmm. For my stuff, that's what I want. You know what I mean? Uh, recording, I don't know if we're going to be able to get that in, out of a high-tech studio. But we try to get as close as we can. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And People that, well, still sample his stuff to this day. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of, speaking of the recording part, I guess it was... So I was in sixth grade when the Black Album came out. That's when I got exposed to him. So that would have been 92. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to towards the end of... My time in high school, probably my junior year or my senior year. By then, Load and Reload have, had come out. Yep. But I found out that Metallica did a documentary 
during their time with the Black Album called The Year and a Half of the Life of Metallica. Yes. The first part's them in the studio, the second part's them on tour. I love that studio stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I watched that. I, I had watched that studio stuff over and over again when I rented it from whatever the update video, I think, was what it was down there. Video update. Video update. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, that. that's what took me into more of, I want to play guitar to, I want to. How <laughs> dare you? I want, <laughs> I want to record. I'm not going to call you out, but. Yeah, I think everyone listening knows who that was. Not me. <laughs> it wasn't me. It, it took me more beyond the I want to play guitar to I want to record and produce audio. Yeah, just watching them like slice the tape and mm-hmm. taping it back together for the, like the drum hits. As Lars is so wont to do. Yeah, because <laughs> he can't play in time for shit. Um, He's not a human metronome like Chris Nays. Oh, no, I'm just as bad. We, we stop and start a lot. Oh, do you? Yeah. Okay. So because of... But we don't have to cut tape. So because of the recording, uh, being interested in recording, it's what got me into audio production. Mm-hmm. And being able to do audio is what got me doing live sound for the wrestling show. Yeah. All of that stuff is easily connected mm-hmm. in your brain. So, you know I mean? yeah. So, and because of, and while I was doing audio at Webster, I learned video stuff. So, I, that's when I got into my doing video production mm-hmm. for the wrestling show as well. And it's how we've all kind of come together to do, like, even these podcasts today. Right. So, it's like it all starts from Metallica's Black Album, which is why Metallica's Black Album is the best it is a, album. It is a fantastic thing when you when you can trace all that stuff back to one That's thing. That's pretty cool. Yeah, Think the black because the black album very much for me is the same thing because that that and Ride the Lightning and uh, and my dad owning Master of Puppets and me seeing that Master of Puppets album cover that was the thing that pushed me to the to further. You know what I mean? Because like I bought I bought. Uh, I bought Black Album because of hearing songs on the radio. And it was like, this is the Metallica album that has the most songs on the radio on it. So this, I, that, I get the most for my money on this mm-hmm. one. You know what I mean? So I took that home. I like it. I'm not necessarily completely in love with it. Then I get Ride the Lightning. I'm like, this is not the Metallica that is on that other record. Right. This is something completely different and more aggressive. And I am... I mean, really intrigued by this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Then my dad has the completely striking cover of Master Puppets, which is just like, what even is this? This band is more than I think they are. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they turn that on his old school 70s stereo, man. He still has that stuff in his house today. <laughs> and by God, Master of Puppets became my favorite. Mm-hmm. It is just... It's amazing. That's a good one. Uh... I did want to ask you one question, though. Okay. What do you feel is the most underrated Metallica song? Underrated? Yeah. Um, Expanding their career. I really like Freight Ends of Sanity. Yeah. And that's it's one a great I, song. I never it's hear a Fast and that. Furious yeah. song. Oh, my God. There's no way Lars played more than a couple of minutes of that at a time. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing, the other reason why I think a lot of songs on... Load and reload are underrated, too. Mm-hmm. especially because when it goes into if I had to like at, if I had to answer the question who's my favorite Metallica member, mm-hmm. I'd say James. Most underrated is Jason, for sure. Not only by the band itself, yeah. <laughs> but like everybody's like, oh no, Cliff was the best. I would bass almost player. say I would almost say Lars underrated as well. Uh, yeah. Well, well, I mean, 
he's he's kind of the leader of the band. Like James well, is the frontman, but Lars publicly is the and business wise, yes. But I I think that like Lars Ulrich gets a lot of flack from everyone mm-hmm. because of a lot of things that he did business wise, mm-hmm. and uh, he's a solid drummer. But to this day, when I look at when I look at current Metallica, it's like somebody's missing from here because I like Rob. Mm-hmm. Rob's a great bass player. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look uh, like Metallica yep. without Jason. It's not the one really It's so. not the Metallica you grew up with, is it? Yeah. And at this point, J- uh, Rob's probably been in the band as long as Jason was. Yeah. But and the and the when I really miss it is when I listen to Death Magnetic. Yeah. Mm. The lack of Jason's backup vocals. Yes, totally. Yep, totally. Like it, especially when I listen to him live, it's like oh, Jason needs to be singing backup on these mm-hmm. because on on the on Death Magnetic, I think James just sings his own backup. Yeah. And then live, Rob and Kirk sing. Yeah. And Rob and Kirk can't back yeah, up vocal for shit. Uh, that Metallica concert that Sam was mentioning earlier uh, at the Raceway, that was the first time that I saw Metallica as well. That was right when I was working that fireworks stand job to buy drums. That is the only reason I had that job, is to buy drums. Okay? Uh, so that is the first time that I saw Metallica and Jason was there playing bass and... I will take that to my grave that I got to see Jason play bass and Metallica. I got to saw I got to see the uh, well. It's debatable what is the greatest lineup of Metallica, but I would say that is a contender. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's at least there's only three that yeah. we care about because we don't care about Rob right. Govney on bass. And, yeah. And we don't really care about Dave Mustaine on guitar. No. So not in Metallica anyway. Right. Um, or in life at this point. <laughs> right. Uh, the only other thing I have about the Metallica segment is uh, fantasy booking. If Clint, if Cliff doesn't die, what happens? Let's each give a scenario. Uh, I think that Cliff they become Rush. <laughs> All right, that's one. So who do they have to kick out? Uh, I don't think they'd have to kick anybody out. I yeah. think well I, to be a three piece. Oh well, I think as far as sound, I think they'd go a lot. They'd they'd be like one of the heaviest prog rock. Like they they'd be. You think they went more to the prog side? I think they would have legitimately be going head to head against Jethro Tull as opposed oh, yeah. to when they got screwed by Jethro Tull. Yeah, okay, I like that because the way Cliff's influence on the band heavily influenced and Justice for All. Yeah, for like sure. The, the, the they took a melodies, lot of his ideas. The melodies and the harmonies right. that they had done in that directly came from, I guess, like Cliff's love of classical music mm-hmm. for the most part. So I think they would have... I think Cliff would have been a greater influence on the band as they kept going. There's a thing... Uh, well, my my booking thing is related to... Unless they didn't all die of alcohol poisoning because... <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> There's always a danger. Uh Scott Ian of Anthrax uh, was on tour with them during that incident where Cliff died. Mm-hmm. And he said right before that, James and Lars had been talking... Uh, or no, uh, James and Cliff had been talking about kicking Lars out of the band. Wow. Uh, now, that's just, I, I think they kind of write it up to be like... That it's just an everyday argument in a band. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And people being sick of each other. Yeah, I mean, how many times did you argue about getting a new vocalist for Abomination? Oh, my God. Just a bunch of times. <laughs> that's always stuff that... That's stuff that you have to keep in mind. You can't... I understand how people get attached to their fellow bandmates and or partners in whatever you're doing, but you also have to 
be open to change and you have to be open to expanding your idea of what you think this band is or what you're capable of you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like if i thought uh having a partner on the podcast that isn't a band member would be good for the podcast i'm gonna do it you know what i mean as long as i can make it work i'm gonna do it that's why jimmy's on two (laughs) podcasts yes dude jimmy's a great guest yeah he is you guys have all been great guests as well so you're always welcome okay uh fancy booking mike what do you think happens cliff doesn't die what do they do oh shit i don't even ask for that i have no clue i don't know where uh pull something out of the back of your head that they do almost the same thing they're doing now yeah i guess i mean they take over the world and they keep playing music as old men yep all right i don't know if it'd be that much different i don't know Maybe it would, maybe it wouldn't, but uh, I don't know. Of course, nobody knows. I don't. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I don't see that be that much different. Yeah. Sam, what do you think? Uh, I'm with Tim. I definitely think that Cliff was the reason that they were so progressive and willing to try different things. So I think, as far as like the load and the reload and the different sounds, that definitely would have happened. What I don't think would have happened was the hair cutting. And they're just drastically At changing. At least not him. Right. Well, and I think he's the one that would have that attitude. I mean, fuck that shit, guys. That's yeah. not us. Don't fucking think do that. I think he's more of a Lemmy kind of dude. Yes. When when he died, like, that voice of, like, don't fucking, you know, do that. Don't cut your fucking hair, dude. Guys, let's fucking rock. Like, that was gone. And that's why they're yeah. willing to listen to, like, Hollywood producers and shit. They were like, oh, you got to do this and do your hair and wear makeup and do all this shit. Like, I don't think that was necessarily You saw them. him wearing denim and yes. fucking bell bottoms in the 80s. Yeah, he was oh, willing to. Shit the charge so i don't think you would have seen such a drastic change in their look and appearance of that whole you know sell out he might have reined them in a little bit I you know i think there would have been a little change with the times because you have to but it sure. would have been that drastic and it yeah. would have been like now eventually things would have come full circle and they would have gone back to like what their you know base of music was it's just i don't think you may have necessarily even seen a bob rock in the picture just because it's of, entirely possible yeah uh, mm-hmm. Because of, of, like I said, Cliff being that guy to lead the charge of, yeah, you know, yeah. we're not fucking selling. But do I think, it the, yeah, I think the music. I think it would have been more accepted too by their their old base of fans. Mm-hmm. Just because, well, if Cliff's still there and they still, you know, at least maybe they would have the stayed same. underground. Maybe they so. No, I think that they would have. I mean, look at Master of Puppets with hardly any mainstream exposure. They were filling fucking. Yeah, at that point, they were people were yeah. more equal, equal or was, higher than Ozzy. Yeah, because yeah. what happened with Metallica was when they went mainstream, a lot of their fans fan base were kind of like well fuck you guys but they were so popular it didn't matter if that part of their hardcore base dropped off they became so popular fucking Metallica right? fans were hipsters before yeah, they, were they were so I mean I think you still like they, they would have reached mainstream success and like a lot of things would have happened I just think how their hardcore base would have accepted it would have been different yeah. I don't think there would have been any drop off I think they would have stuck with it I was remembering how shocked I was when I uh, got because I got the live shit binge and purge box set yeah. before load came out yeah. and towards the end of their black album tour Jason had shaved his head. Like yeah. his pictures were in there. Because I think he shaved it off for a charity or something. Oh, really? Like but yeah, like I don't think I've ever seen those if pictures. You, if you flip, if you flip through the book and the live shit binge and purge box set, like he's got a shaved head. Wow, I never knew that. Yep, learn something every day. Okay. Oh yeah, James is already getting like a mullet and looking all countryish and shit. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, I think we're gonna actually let me tease something that's gonna be on the podcast and uh, the next time we go on tour, which is Thanksgiving weekend. Uh. I'm going to be hosting our uh, showdown for shotgun contest, okay? The Jeep is extremely uncomfortable. Okay. Especially on road trips. 
Uh, it is widely known as being uncomfortable, even even though it's fa- a fairly new vehicle. Okay, the seats just suck. Um, None of the back seats in Jeeps really suck. The back seats definitely suck. Uh, the shotgun, well, the, uh, yeah, shotgun yeah, is far better than the back seat, at mm-hmm. least though. Like you can recline a little bit, and anyway, uh, I'm gonna be doing a game show type contest with the other guys in the band. And winner of said contest, which will all be about music trivia, uh, it is sort of be an offshoot of the Douglas movies, but adapted into music. Okay. okay? So if any of you guys are familiar with that. Um, so the winner on the trip home will get their choice of seat. So whatever seat they think is the best in the Jeep, they're getting it. Oh, that's how Cliff died. Oh! <laughs> actually, he got it by chance. Oh, that's true. Yeah, they just drew cards, and that's not how this is going to work. This is about knowledge. This is about knowing your shit. If you know your shit, you're going to get a good seat. Who's your bass player? <laughs> it's Ian Rusnick. Oh, Ian. Yeah. You better get uh, that last half job from Mike Daffron. He's the, he, <laughs> is the smart, he is the most knowledgeable. In, uh, he, you know, he went to... Uh, he went to trade school and he works at Boeing and shit. So, but does that translate to music knowledge? We'll see. You know? Who can say? Uh, I'm going to give you guys a chance to plug your shit. So, let's start with uh, Mike D. No, nothing. You don't want to plug shit. All right. <laughs> Sam? Game Thrones Podcast. Sam's going to have the most. See me, uh, you follow me at <laughs> the Mike Tavron. There you go. See? That's all you got to do, you man. There you go. That's all you need. Hashtag Mike D. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you Facebook friend me. <laughs> Hashtag newest daughter. No, it's just I don't even use Twitter that much anyway. Yeah. I don't even really use it. So yeah, well, if you want to follow me and send me a message, I might look see him it. up on Facebook. So He's the go. ginge. Yeah, the only ginge out there in the world. Well, in a world of many, you are but one. Yeah, so if you looked up Mike Daffron, I'd probably be the only ginger Mike <laughs> Daffron. It's possible. Yeah, I know there's more Mike Daffrons. There is Mike Daff. There's someone with my exact name in Jefferson County. Really? Yeah. Just He's a sure. punk ass bitch. <laughs> <laughs> That's who we had on the hospital. <laughs> Basic Chris Nays. Uh, Sam, go ahead with your stuff. Oh, all right. Let's see. Well, if you're needing to contact me for personal training and fitness related stuff, you can always follow me on Twitter at Sam underscore the underscore trainer. And obviously, you can find me on Facebook as Sam Richardson. And I do all of my training at Extreme Krav Maga in the Gravoy Bluffs area of Benton, Missouri. That is hashtag Team Sam Personal Training, where you're going to get a workout, you're going to get results, but most of all, you're going to have a whole lot of fucking fun. Um, If you're on the pro wrestling side of things, though, where I go by the name of Adam Caster, you can follow me on Twitter and Snapchat under at Adam Caster STL. On Snapchat is Adam Raw STL. And I've got a Facebook page that you can go and you can like. And on YouTube, you can find me as Adam Caster. And when you go to bed at night, picking through your windows, I'm Adam Caster. And whenever Mike Daffron's masturbating, he's thinking of Adam Caster. (laughs) There he is. Also, (laughs) make sure you check out the podcast that... uh, I do usually every Tuesday it comes out, but I've been way off lately, and that is called How Should I Bro, and you can uh, you can find that at www.howshouldibro.com. Search us on iTunes because Mr. Chris Nays and Mike Daffron were guests on uh, one of the latest episodes, and you might learn something new. You might find something out that you didn't know before there. 
<laughs> Tim. Uh, so, yeah, thanks for listening to Chris's podcast on the Onyx Edge Network. As Sam said, we have another one called How Should I Bro? And I also do a Game of Thrones one with Mike that he doesn't want to promote. So. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to say, I did try to say something. That's called, that was interrupted. That's called The Watchers on the Couch. And so, yeah, definitely you can follow, you can follow me at... Uh, shit, what? Oh, yeah. At Tim Hates You on Twitter. Ah, uh, there it is. At Onyx Edge Studios on Instagram. Uh, keep a lookout for Onyx Edge Studios stuff. There's a, there is a Facebook page, which I don't update often, but I'm going to start doing it some more because we have some cool stuff planned for 2016, I think. so. All, gonna- the, all the podcasts can also, can also be found very easily on YouTube as well. Yes, there's also a YouTube channel for Onyx Edge Studios where everything gets automatically uploaded. And yeah, that's it. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be doing a lot more stuff with Onyx Edge very soon. Big plans. So, yeah, uh, so that's it. Let's do some more Thorhammer plugs. Uh, you guys already heard the show, so so I'm not gonna go over that again. Uh, we are on YouTube at Thorhammer Metal. Uh, lots of recent show videos on there. You can find us on Facebook. Uh, just look up Thorhammer, and we should be the first ones to come up. Uh, go to Thorhammer.bandcamp.com. For the Thorhammer record, which is currently uh, available for Name Your Price. That includes for free. So, you want to throw us a couple bucks? Go ahead. You don't? Don't. Uh, We also have t-shirts and stickers and patches and just all kinds of Thorhammer shit that gets your pussy wet. Yeah! Check it out! (laughs) I'm wearing one! Damn! (laughs) This reminds me of the time in WCWF when you pulled off your shirt and there was a TR. <laughs> but it was a black uh, a black tank top. It was uh, a black wife yeah. beater instead of a white one. On a broomstick. <laughs> Next, I want you to pull up your shirt and it'd just be that and same logo. Right. <laughs> in red ginger hair. I don't really have that much chest here. I know, it's fine. Yeah. Look for 3D printed. I got enough, plugs I got enough to share for you. Yeah. yeah. I got enough around, like, my nipples, maybe. Yeah. You know? I got plenty of that, so. too. All right. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Anyway. Um, thanks for checking out the podcast. Podcast number 11 is in the books. Uh, thanks, all you guys, for joining me. Thanks Hopefully for having we can me do on. this again. I appreciate it. Uh, to all our otters out there swimming in the sea of pod, <laughs> we thank you, and good day. Uh, said good day. Do it, Tim. Oh, Tim, Tim. I forgot. Do it now. I forgot. This is a song. Tim, start it now. 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 Wait. Did did our pass over? You say that, that. Now. Okay. <laughs> so now. All right now.
Jon, the Chief of the Jon. 